0: On this episode, it's a solo episode, and we're diving into tax strategies right before filing season. So these three tax strategies that we're going to go over are going to apply to all you fitness entrepreneurs, whether you're an LLC, that is a basically tax as a sole proprietorship, or you're an S-corp. These three are going to be applicable to you. And um, also want to mention, I didn't bring this up in the episode, I thought about it after, Um, Right now we are running a bootcamp program for anyone who is looking to clean up their business banking systems. So how you're tracking your expenses, whether you should be, we're going to do analysis, whether you should be an S corp, get that set up for you if needed, organize all your expenses. It's right now it's the beast mode money bootcamp. So I didn't bring that up in the episode and I should have towards the end, but if you need help with that, uh, please let us know. And as always, enjoy the episode, share it with anybody if if it does bring you value. Thanks a lot. Welcome to Building Your Wealth Muscle, a podcast about building and protecting wealth for online health and fitness coaches. Each episode, we're going to break down different topics in the areas of business, finance, and tax, and how they pertain to your coaching business. Disclaimer, The topics covered in this podcast are for educational purposes only. This is not advice for your specific situation. Please consult a qualified financial or tax professional before making changes to your financial or tax situation. Now, here's your host, certified financial planner, Pat Darby. On this episode, it's a solo episode where we're going to dive into the three tax strategies that are still available basically for everybody, um, for 2021 tax filing. Um, A lot of, as you may know from listening to either my Instagram or um, prior podcast, a lot of the, I'm a big fan of the S-Corps in general. So the reason when I say the tax strategies that are still left for quote unquote everybody, it's because a lot of the tax filing deadlines for S-Corps ended on March 15th. So the ones that are still on the personal side or if you are um, an LLC or sole proprietorship, um, you still have a couple things available that S-Corps do not have available. Um, Let's give you those, like, for instance, like uh, SEP IRA um, and some of the 401k contributions. If you're a sole proprietor or an LLC that's taxed as an LLC, which basically is taxed as a sole proprietorship, um, those are still available to you. Um, but let's go, I want to dive into the ones that are basically going to be applicable for everybody. And I'll go into what, what it would require to, um, be eligible for those. And then anything that you may or may not need to check to see if you are eligible. So uh, let's dive right in. The first one you may have heard me speak about a lot, it's the HSA, which stands for a health savings account. Basically, I promote these a lot because it's the only tax vehicle out there that, for lack of a better term, is triple tax free. So what that means is you put the money in and that's a tax deduction. You save on your taxes that year. You can invest an HSA in almost anything you want. It could be the stock market. You can open up a crypto account with your HSA. You could buy real estate with your HSA. Um, It has all the same flexibility from an investment perspective as your 401k or traditional IRA. Um, But so it operates in those same guidelines. So once the money's in, it grows tax-free. When you pull the money out, which can be done for qualified medical expenses, there is no tax. So what is a qualified medical expense? It's basically, well... There's a a pretty long list, but, you know, doctor's appointments, um, prescriptions. If you have um, an emotional support animal, their vet bills are qualified medical expenses. Contact solution contacts, eye doctors, dentist, braces. You know, the full gamut of, quote, unquote, regular um, qualified medical expenses. Now, what I love about the HSA, again, this health savings account, is the money that you put into it is yours forever. Meaning it's not use it or lose it like the FSA, which is like the flexible spending account, which I can't remember the deadline, but I think you have like 30 days or something like that, maybe two. I, I don't promote those very often, so I, I don't know the number. off top my head. Um, but those are use it or lose it, the FSA. HSAs are not. And in fact, if you decide to use an investment strategy with these, meaning you put the money in and as you incur expenses, you just pay those personally and you don't reimburse yourself for those expenses, arguably arguably speaking until you're age 70, that money is going to grow inside of your account for the next 30, 40 years, depending on how old you are listening to this. (coughs) Excuse me. Um, But what's nice is you could, again, at, at age 70, let's say at that point you've incurred I don't know, let's just say $100,000 worth of medical expenses over the last 40 years. You can pull that $100,000 out tax-free, and then the rest of the money, again, because it's been growing, like you've been making your contributions each year, it's growing, let's say maybe, for argument's sake, there's still another $100,000 in that account at age 70. Um, Or let's just, I guess in this scenario, let's say age 65, um, they can just start paying your, reimbursing you for your Medicare expenses and any other expenses that you incur While retired, so it's a pretty cool investment strategy that does not get talked about very often, Um, and quite frankly, there's not even a lot of places that will let you make these investment options and things like that. Um, I do it at TD Ameritrade, but there's extra steps, like you have to use a bank that specifically allows contributions for HSAs. So there's there's a few steps to it, but again, I highly recommend it, and it's the only vehicle that for lack of a better term, is triple tax-free. Again, to recap, money goes in, tax deduction. Money grows, no tax. Money comes out for qualified medical expenses, again, no tax. So it's pretty cool. Um, I, would, I would highly recommend it. Um, so who's eligible? So if you, I'll go through the, the deduction or deductible guidelines. But quite frankly, I don't think you should go by that because there are providers, and I don't know if it's still the case, but let's just say, I know it was two years ago, the company Oscar, they, deductible-wise, they met all the limitations, but the IRS didn't grant them HSA approval. So I don't like for people to go by the deductible limit. I think they should look at the actual plan and confirm with that insurance company if their plan is HSA approved. Because um, at the end of the day, that's really all that's gonna matter. So, assuming you have an HSA approved plan, what can you do? For 2021, again, we're talking about 2021. So, for all of these strategies, I probably should have mentioned this in the beginning. All of these strategies, if you're listening to this in 2022, are contribution deadlines for 2021. You have until April 18th. Typically, it's April 15th, but In 2022, the 15th falls on a federal holiday, so it pushes us to the following Monday. So an HSA plan for 2021 contributions, if you are a single individual, you can put $3,600 into it. And again, that's going to be a $3,600 tax deduction for 2021. If you are filing as a family, again, you don't have to be married for this if you have a dependent on your uh, tax return, you can file as a family, and then the contribution allow um, maximum is 7,200 instead of 3,600, the family gets 7,200. Um, it's also worth noting that there's no income phase out. Like the other things we're gonna talk about next, there are income phase outs that are important to take note of, so you have to go to your accountant and say, hey. Do I qualify for this? Do I qualify for that? With the HSA, there is no limit. You can make a billion dollars a year and drop your thirty-six hundred or your seventy-two hundred in there. So, um, again, I can't I can't say enough good things about the HSA, and I like it even more because people don't talk about it. There's a lot of people who don't understand it, and quite frankly, I think a lot of financial advisors don't spend much time on it because one. Health insurance is complicated, complicated as hell, and most of them don't spend the time to learn it. Um, I had the privilege of a former business partner was doing health insurance for decades when him and I started working together. Um, so I got to learn it. And it's it's a bitch, especially with Obamacare. And quite frankly, let's be honest with you, because of Obamacare, the selling health insurance pays virtually nothing. So it doesn't really make sense from a business perspective for financial advisors and accountants to really be able to navigate health insurance with you because, quite frankly, the insurance companies aren't paying them anymore. So um, because of that, unfortunately, most people get stuck with the 800 number, and that's not ideal because you're going to talk to someone at Blue Cross Blue Shield and all they know is Blue Cross Blue Shield. They don't necessarily know anything about taxes. They definitely don't know about your specific tax situation. So it, it leaves a lot of consumers um, on the shitty end of the stick. But again, the HSA, yeah, I can't say enough good things about it, but you need to make sure that your financial planner and or your accountant knows what they're doing with, with that for you. So let's get into the next one. So the first one was the HSA. Again, you have it till April 18th. The next one is the traditional IRA individual retirement account. Um, Now, most people know these. The contribution limit is $6,000. If you're over age 50, then it's $7,000. But not everyone can get a deduction, and and here's why. Um, And I know most people listening to this are um, entrepreneurs, obviously fitness coaches. But let's say you still kept your 9 to 5 while you're, you're launching your fitness business. This is going to be helpful for you to know. If you're actively participating in your 401k plan, there are phase-out limits to the IRA that you need to be aware of. So if you're a single individual and you've contributed and you you make more than $76,000 and you're an active participant in your 401k, you cannot take the deduction for your uh, traditional IRA. So now, let me, I'm sorry, let me let back up in case people aren't familiar. The traditional IRA you take the deduction, the tax deduction up front. So you put your $6,000 in, in 20, well, you'd put it in 2022, but it counts for 2021. You get a $6,000 tax deduction today. As that money grows, there's no taxation. It grows tax-free as as they say. And then when you pull the money out, which would be over age 60, if you wanna avoid penalties. So let's say we do, we wanna avoid penalties. Um, we pull it out after age 60, then you pay all the tax. And as of I'm recording this right now at age 72, you're required to start making distributions from that account. They're called required minimum distributions, RMDs. You might hear your parents or your grandparents talking about where it's a forced liquidation of these accounts from the IRS. So that's the traditional IRA again. So money goes in, you get the tax deduction today in retirement you pay 100% on the dollars that come out of this account but it grows tax free so but when you make a certain income limit you lose the ability to take this tax deduction so then you move into like a non-deductible IRA which we're going to talk to talk about later um, because it combines with a different strategy so just be aware of that at the moment so if you make more than $76,000 for a single individual, you lose your ability to deduct the contribution. You can still make the contribution of that $6,000, but you can't take the tax perk for, and so that's the the same situation, but a higher number. If you are married filing jointly, if you make more than $125,000, same thing, you lose the deduction of the $6,000. Now, here's part of this that can get tricky and I'll try my best to explain it in a way that's simple. If you are married and your spouse has a 401k plan that they're actively participating in, but you're the fitness coach and you have your own entrepreneurial business, you are not participating in anything. Your limit now is uh, as a family is 208,000. So that gets complicated. Definitely double check with your account and say, hey, I want to double check that you know because of my spouse's contribution, where are we with income? Can I make my contribution and take a deduction for it? Um, because that limit is much higher and you want to make sure that your accountant's not making a mistake for you by counting what they're doing against you or vice versa. So those are the, the three ways that you can do a traditional IRA. Again, you take the deduction today with those. And same uh, thing I mentioned already, $6,000 is the contribution limit, 7000 over over 50. Now let's get into the Roth IRA. And I talk about these a lot. I'm a big fan, especially in this current tax environment. Um, we're at fairly historically low tax rates. And so everyone can have their own opinion on this, but... I don't see a scenario where us listening to this will be in a lower tax bracket in the next 10, 20, 30 years. Um, Again, there's a lot of reasons for that. Before COVID hit and we started printing money like a sieve, Social Security was on pace to be bankrupt, I believe, in 2032. Again, this is pre-COVID. I don't know what that new number is. I would imagine it's been... Uh, advance much faster, especially if they're with what's happening as I'm recording this with inflation. So it's it's very unreasonable in my opinion to assume that you and I are going to retire into lower tax brackets than today. But all of these tax strategies when it comes to retirement planning, whether you go with the tax deduction today or the tax deduction um, or the, the tax free payout in retirement, it's an art, it's not a science. like you're making a, a guess that you're in a better tax bracket now than you will be later or vice versa. So that's what, that's why tax planning in general is it's an art and a science. you know, it's not precise. You don't know where the tax rates are going. So you, that's always a hypothetical variable in everything. So if you're if you're trying to be precise with this when you're working with your tax professional and you're trying to say, okay, what what's better for me to take it now or take it later? Um, there's always that variable. We, we just don't know where int- uh, tax rates will be in the future. Quite frankly, we don't even know where they'll be next year because they're constantly, with this administration, constantly trying to increase it. Um, and hopefully hopefully it does not pass, but uh, it, was, it was a big win in my opinion when the Build Back Better failed. And quite frankly, as a business owner, regardless of your political views, as a business owner, unless you really do love paying taxes, Um, in which case you probably aren't a listener of this show because we try to talk about tax strategies. But if you, for whatever reason, are a tax lover, then you you probably were very disappointed in the Build Back Better failing. But anyway, I digress. So let's dive into the Roth IRA. So again, that is where you get no tax deduction today when you put the money in. But when it grows, it grows tax-free. And when you pull it out over age 60, Assuming you don't want to incur any penalties, then you then it pulls out tax free again. So again, there's no tax perks today. It's the tax perk is when you pull the money out, there's no taxation, and you can pull money out of a Roth IRA like your contributions without penalty. But uh, the the growth there's there's different rules about that. But for simplicity purposes in this, because we're not diving into the details of the Roth IRA, we're talking about the tax side of it. Um, your contributions, you can pull out your growth, meaning if you put in 10,000 and that's all you've ever put into it. And then a few years from now, it's worth 15,000, that $5,000, you're going to pay taxes and a 10% penalty. If you try to pull it out because you're not overageable, I'm going to keep saying 60, even though it's 59 and a half, I don't know why the IRS made it like a half number, but so I'm just going (laughs) to, for the simplicity of this, I'm going to keep calling it 60, um, because quite frankly you have decades left to go and that number will probably move. Actually as I'm recording this there's a never mind there's there's some legislation that might actually help you guys out even more but it hasn't passed yet but it is for once a good one. But so let's dive into the Roth IRA because here's here's what people need to understand about it. Not everyone can contribute to it because like we just went over before if you're an active participant in your traditional IRA and I should, I should have mentioned before, and I think I failed to, when we're talking about the traditional IRA, if you are not an active participant in your 401k plan, if and neither is your spouse, there is no income limit. So you again, you can make a million dollars a year, and if you don't have a 401k, and your spouse doesn't have a 401k that, that you're participating in, you can make your $6,000 contribution. I don't believe I brought that up, and if so, I apologize. That That's an important note, that if you haven't done anything... Um, and you're just listening to this podcast like, all right, I, I need to do a quick t- strategy for retirement planning for 2021, and you've done nothing and you're a high earner as an individual or married, um, that, that is one that you don't have to worry about your income limitation. Now let's flip that with the Roth IRA, the amount of income you make drives this bus. So if you made more than $140,000 as a single individual, you're not eligible for the Roth IRA. As a married filing jointly, if you've made over $208,000, you are not eligible for the Roth IRA. Now, that is the technical way. And if you're working with someone that is either fairly new in the business or does not like to be proactively helping you with loopholes, then that would be the end of the conversation. and that happens a lot to clients where they talk to their CPA, they run the numbers and they're like, "Oh, you made 150k single individual, you're not eligible for the Roth IRA, do the regular IRA." That is lazy thinking because that is untrue, because there is a loophole that you can take advantage of. Now I'm going to dive into this loophole. It's really, even though we had we wanted to do three tax strategies, this is you can call it a bonus but it's kind of a hybrid between the second one, which was the traditional IRA, and the third one, which is the Roth IRA. So there's what is called a non-deductible IRA. So that was what I was referring to with the traditional IRA when I say you made too much money to take the deduction, but the IRS still lets you make the contribution. So let me give you an example. So I'm going to use a single individual that's actively participating in their 401k and they make, uh, or let's, yeah, let's just say for lack of, lack of complication. And I don't, (laughs) my editor doesn't pull out and I just start babbling to myself, but so you'll get to hear this, but so if you're in your fitness business, made a hundred thousand dollars of profit. And let's say for instance, we put a solo K into your plan that you contributed to. So in this scenario, you're an active participant in a 401k plan. So that $100,000 makes you ineligible for the traditional IRA deduction. So again, the IRS will still let you put your $6,000 in, but you don't get a tax deduction for it. Now, there's a couple things you need to do in that scenario because you wanna make sure you probably put it in, you have to track that because if you do not, you're commingling that with your quote unquote other regular IRA, traditional IRA money, which you already got a tax deduction on and this one you didn't. So I feel like I described that in a confusing manner, but you're commingling, if you make a non-deductible contribution of $6,000, you don't pay taxes on $6,000 when you're age 60 and you're pulling it out, but you have to track that for the next 20 or 30 years. So some people would put that in a separate account and one would be their non-deductible IRA and then one would be their quote unquote traditional IRA. So that way it's very simple for an accountant when you'd start doing your required distributions at age 72, um, There's there's an easy way for them to track it. Um, at least people should be doing that. Unfortunately, I've seen, uh, clients that, that, it had been commingled and it's, it's not uncommon, you know, like some of these, it's pretty easy as you leave a job, you just, you know, some advisors like, Oh, roll all these together. And you're like, cool, that sounds great. I have four accounts and now I have one. And then your accountant's like, what the hell did you just do? And, uh, I can assure you that your custodian is not getting your back on that because they don't keep your records. I forget that. I think it's like five, seven years, something like that. But um, trying to go back past that, if it's if it's you know one when you were like right out of college and you commingled it with a couple of non traditional, now you have your your own business and you're trying to roll it all into your solo 401 k. Um, that's going to be a nightmare, and you're probably going to end up paying taxation on the same dollars twice. So we want to avoid that. So let me let me get back to where we are to recap so you can make a non-deductible contribution if you've made too much money now if let's say you are trying to do a Roth for or, sorry a Roth IRA you can use that same strategy where basically you're saying I want to put $6000 in because I am not eligible for a Roth IRA but I want to still do it you can make that non deductible contribution, and then like I just talked about, you have to track that basis because your $6,000, you didn't get a single tax deduction for it. So in the the eyes of the IRS, you don't owe any taxes again on that $6,000. So what people do is they roll that $6,000 that they just put into their IRA, that's a non-deductible contribution, and then they roll it right into a regular Roth IRA. Because you're allowed to, at any point, roll money from a traditional IRA into a Roth IRA. They're called Roth IRA conversions. You hear about retirees doing them, but they're not just for retirees. You can do it too at any age. But when you do it, you pay taxes. You don't pay penalties because you rolled it from one retirement account to another, but there's a tax barrier that you do pay. You pay 100% on what that what money comes out, so if you rolled out 50K, you pay taxation on 50K, and then that money goes into your 401 k I'm sorry, into your Roth IRA. Um, now how you pay that tax is up to you. You can, most people that I recommend doing it, you wanna pay that taxes outside of that account. And if you can't, then it's, it's not necessarily always as advantageous, but, um, it's also another reason that if you have cash on the sidelines and you're looking at, um, what should I do with that? If should I invest it? Should I buy real estate? Should I buy crypto? And maybe your thought process is, well, geez, all of them are fairly high right now. Maybe paying taxation on a rollover isn't isn't the worst idea, but run that idea by your tax professional and financial professional. But so where I'm going with that is, so you have that ability to make a non deductible contribution into a Roth IRA even if your accountant comes back and says you made too much money you can't do a Roth IRA that strategy if you want to like google it to get more details if you're like Pat that's confusing the way you explained it then it's called a backdoor Roth IRA so again I'll go through the process in summary of the process so basically you're an individual who made more than $140,000 in 2021. So your accountant just said you are ineligible for a Roth IRA. And uh, this is a podcast, but it's like air quotes, a regular Roth IRA. You are ineligible. Now, if you're married, that that number is 208,000. That, that makes you, quote unquote, ineligible. So you would say, all right, I heard there's a backdoor strategy. Yes, you put in that $6,000. In a an IRA, but it would be a non-deductible contribution, and then you roll that into a Roth conversion into a regular Roth, and you do it the same year. Now, that sounds great, but here's the thing that I cannot emphasize this enough: Do not do this until talking to a tax or financial professional, because here's how you can screw yourself over completely. There's something called a prorata rule, so the IRS Again, you're using a loophole. This isn't like something the IRS is like, hey, go ahead and do this. This is amazing. You're using a loophole strategy. So there's complications to it, like everything. But there's something called a pro rata rule. And again, make sure if you're, if you're trying to wing this, you talk to your account and say, hey, is there anything or my financial... You really need both on this because again, this is a tax strategy and a retirement strategy that has a lot of Negative ramifications if you over overlook this prorata rule, and that prorata rule basically says that you have to pay taxes on the percentage of your pre-tax dollars that are in an IRA. So, let's say you've you been working for someone else before you launched your fitness business, and you've made your four hundred one k contributions. You were a diligent imp- saver. And then some financial advisor came along and said, roll that into an IRA and I'll manage it for you. And I'm not knocking that strategy because um, there's a lot of investment opportunities to do it that way. But let's say they did that for you. Now you have, let's just to keep the math simple, say you 100 grand in that regular IRA, but now your fitness business is killing it and you're ineligible for the Roth IRA. So now what do you do? You are not I shouldn't say eligible, I would not recommend you doing this backdoor Roth because you're going to pull in a percentage of that pre-tax dollars that will need to be taxed to do this. So you don't want to do it because, again, the whole point is you put $6,000 in, you didn't get a tax deduction, but you don't want to start paying tax on the dollars that are already in there. And you'll have to if you violate that pro rata rule. Now, there's a way around that, too. And this is one of the reasons we love solo 401k plans, especially because most people listening to this, you have a team of VAs. They may not be your actual employees. So you can do a solo 401k and really supercharge your retirement. That's that's something for another day on another podcast. But that is super helpful to understand because if you have a solo 401k, you get around you get around this role, meaning. Again, you have to plan ahead for for this stuff. That's why it's it's not the focal point of this. But what you would end up doing is you would take your, in this scenario, your 100K in your regular IRA that a financial advisor told you to do. And if they're proactive, again, like I don't have any issues with a financial advisor saying, hey, you, you don't work there anymore, move it to an IRA, more investment options, you don't forget about it, you, you make sure the beneficiary designations are still up to date. A lot of perks. I'm not knocking that strategy because people leave things behind and it can become a financial disaster down the road for you. But now you need to be proactive because that's one of the reasons we have these conversations in November, December about tax strategy because now we take that money and we roll it back to the 401k world. And again, you're a business owner, so it doesn't matter. You have a solo 401k. you, You run the plan. You run the options. You're the captain of the ship. So now... Again, you don't pay taxation. You take that hundred K, you move it back to a 401k. No tax implications. But when you run the ProRata rule test now, how much do you have in your IRA? Zippo. Now you can do a backdoor Roth strategy at any income limit. Um, so I'll just say as a as a small caveat, these backdoor policies um, were about to be outlawed by the build back better. Thankfully, it it got blocked and we still have them for 2022. but uh, don't be surprised if you if you see a podcast from me within the next 12 months saying well this uh, this this rule needs to be changed because of XYZ. Um, but for the time being as I'm recording this in April of 2022, this is a viable strategy. but again you have to check that pro-rata rule. So let's recap the the three that we just went over today. So everyone has the opportunity if you if you have an HSA eligible plan to make your HSA contribution for 2021. Again, all these are due by April 18th. The second one, your traditional IRA. You get a tax deduction to put the money in. you pay the tax 100% of the tax when you retire um, over age 60. And the last one, the Roth IRA. So again, if you are under that income limit of 140k, or 208K, then you are eligible to make a contribution and that money goes in with no taxation, or sorry, with no tax deduction and you pull it out with no taxation. Um, I'm not gonna get into this, but for each one of those that I just named, the the traditional IRA and the Roth IRA, when I talked about when you become ineligible, Below that, by about $10,000 single and $20,000 for married, there's um, phase-out limits. So just be aware of those. Again, that's why I don't recommend you DIY this. And if you're listening to this, you're a business owner, unless you hire a really shitty accountant, they're going to save you more than they're going to charge you. Like tax strategies are meant to save you money and and also help you document the savings that you legitimately earned. So that if you are audited, you're not like, oh, I don't have any of my receipts. And then you don't, you lose the deduction anyway. Um, Or if you're an S Corp, there's procedures that you need to do for like taking your home office deduction, for instance. So, so those were the three, the HSA, the traditional IRA and the Roth IRA. And then the fourth, which is basically a hybrid of two and three is that backdoor Roth IRA strategy. So again, just to recap, the Roth, the backdoor Roth, because this is one that's easiest to screw up if you, uh, (coughs) excuse me, if you try to DIY it. The backdoor Roth, again, there is a non-deductible contribution that gets converted and rolled over instantly to a regular Roth IRA. So there's no taxation. You put that $6,000 in, you leave it sitting cash. You don't want it to grow because if if it does grow in that short period of time that before you roll it, then you pay taxation on that growth. So, again, the whole point is that you just don't get a tax deduction. You put the money in. But, again, since we're just doing the recap here, you do not want to attempt that if you have any dollars that are sitting in the pre-tax world other than a 401k. So it's worth it to sit down with a financial advisor and just say, "Hey, look at my assets. Look at my retirement accounts. Am I eligible for this?" Because you want a professional like overseeing this. Because again, it's not worth it if you try this and all of a sudden your account's like, "Oh, I just saw this distribution. Blah blah blah. You owe this, or worse, you miss it completely, and now you're you're risking uh, interest and penalties on this pro rata rule." So I hope this has been helpful. Again, these are the deductions that everyone has access to. Um, I'll just give you a quick recommendation. I'm a big fan of the Roth world. You know, I, I know we talked about it earlier, but I would do my best to look at the strategies where you're depending on your age, you might be expecting a, a higher income level over the next few years as your business grows. And that would make the Roth IRA. Even more advantageous, but my personal opinion is that the brackets themselves will be higher in the in the future. So, I hope this has been helpful. And guys, like I love talking about this nerdy stuff. So if you uh, DM me, on my Instagram is at Pat Darby Biz. I'm happy to to chat with you about your specific situation. Like, ask me any questions you want. This is stuff that I did not know when I first started a business right out of college. I didn't know taxation. This stuff, I didn't know what tax planning was. I just gave my accountant all these expenses, personal business, lumped it all together. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. So look, I get it if this sounds, even after I do my best to try to make this digestible, if it's totally confusing still, I get it. Like there's a lot here. Um, And unfortunately, the rules are literally changing like every other year in the tax code. So it's not even like if you thoroughly understood it, then you dove back into growing your fitness business and you pop your head up and you're like, shit, the rules changed again. Like, what What do I do? I get it. So like I've made a lot of these mistakes. So reach out to me. Let me let me guide you through the mistakes that I made so you don't have to make them. But uh, if not, have a great day, everybody. And I, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you did find value in it and you have a friend who's um, maybe mentioned to you that they have... They get confused with taxes for their business, share this episode with them. I hope it can bring value to as many people as possible. So have a great day and good luck with tax season. Bye. Thank you for joining us this week on building your wealth muscle. Make sure you visit our website, DarbyBA.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. While you're at it, if you found value, we'd appreciate a ratings on iTunes. Or simply tell a friend about the show. That would help us as well. For more information on the topics covered, you can follow Pat on Instagram at patdarbybiz. The download from this episode is available in the show notes. And if you want help building your wealth specifically, Pat Darby is currently taking private clients. The link to book a call is also in the show notes. Thank you again for listening and have a great day.